Hey, Tito Jeff Fitoff here with you. Thank you for tuning into the Jeff Fitoff Show. Follow me on Twitter at FitHappens. Represented by BetUS.com. Bet with a three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now for a 125% bonus using promo code DSP125 or 200% bonus with crypto using promo code DSP200 and Bet Sports, Casino, Horses, Pop Culture, and more at BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid, betus.com. All right, the news came down about the Sean Watson suspension. Uh, he gets six games from uh, retired Judge Sue L. Robinson. She ruled that on Monday. As I sit and record this, it is Tuesday morning, uh, about 7.30 Eastern time. So if anything else comes out after this, um, by the time you hear this, this is the time we're recording this, just to be completely transparent. Um, and she gave him a six-game suspension and no additional uh, monetary penalty. Now, Deshaun Watson last year was on the commissioner's exempt list, so he did not play the entire season as these allegations were being investigated. Uh, and so he will have the only monetary hit right now would be the six-game suspension, um, which would only equate to about only a, a few hundred thousand dollars because he's got the one-year bet. He's on the vet's minimum salary his first year before the big money kicks into his contract. Kind of a shady, sneaky, smart way the Browns and Watson's uh, people constructed his contract. So um, he makes most of his money after the suspension ends. And that's the way they wanted to do things. And I, again, I thought it was a bit shady, but also I, I get why they did it. So um, now the way it works. So this was an independent, independent arbiter that put the ruling out there. And the reason the NFL did this was because they had messed up so many other ones in the past with the way they did things. And so um, they said, okay, we're going to put this on someone else. And so, um, Watson and his people said they're not going to appeal the decision. The NFL could still appeal appeal, uh, appeal the decision if they want to. What's interesting about that, if the NFL appeals the decision, because if you remember, the NFL wanted like a full season ban or even a banishment at one point that would force him to apply for reinstatement. So um, the way it's uh, structured now, the NFL, not Roger Goodell, but the NFL can um, – uh, challenge the decision. They can uh, appeal it in writing. They have three days to do it. Yesterday was a, they have three days, so I think two days left now to appeal it in writing. And if they appeal it in writing, then it gets heard before, wait for it, Roger Goodell. So Goodell could essentially still say, you know what? Um, we don't like the decision. Uh, we're going to overturn it and we're going to give him one year. Now, if that happens, Deshaun Watson's people, are they going to go right to federal court and try to get this thing um, squashed so he can play and, and, you know, argue that the NFL is um, wrong and not going along with the arbiter's decision, the arbitrator who they hired and agreed to use. So I personally think, look, the NFL looks bad in this situation for a number of reasons. I mean, I'm not saying Watson and the Browns come out looking squeaky clean, but certainly Watson and the Browns consider this a victory because he only got six games versus the potential one year, 12 games even they were looking at um, that he could have lost there. So um, the NFL, though, they look bad because they keep talking. They want banishment and full year and all these different things they were talking about. And it comes down to six games. And so, and Sue Robinson also said that um, the NFL didn't do a great job of, of presenting their case on, on this. So um, we'll see what happens. I, I expect, I think the NFL will appeal it. I know it would end up bringing in more. Uh, it would extend this whole Deshaun Watson talk we'd be having. Um, and uh, the NFL wants to put it behind them, I'm sure, but they also don't want to look so weak as they do right now with after saying, oh, you know, this, this, this and the six games is all he gets. The NFL has not done a great job on this one, um, and, you know, I, 
we'll see the I don't the impact on the X's and O's of it. Look, the Browns' first six games, it's not a really tough schedule. If Watson misses those six, um, you know, then they come back, they play uh, at Baltimore, and they can then home against the Bengals in their next two after that. Um, the games seven and eight, which Watson would be back for those. Uh, we'll see if that happens. But if I'm the NFL, I would I would try to make it like an eight or a ten game suspension and to see if Watson's people appeal. They might not. If it's only an eight game suspension, Watson's people still might not appeal, thinking, okay, let's just get this put behind us and let's move on. Uh, ten games might be a little bit of a different vibe to it on that one if they decide to do it or not. But uh, anyway, that's where we're at with the Deshaun Watson situation. And uh, six games is the ruling as of right now. Like I say, Tuesday morning, we'll see if anything changes on that. Another thing I want to talk about was the passing of Bill Russell, the former Celtic great. And that's, by the way, I'm not doing him justice by saying that because of how much this guy did off the court and for social activism and uh, the things he stood for, the things he fought for. He was 88 years old. And if you haven't done any homework on Bill Russell, um, and all you know of him is as like, you know, one of the greatest NBA players of all time, 11 NBA championships, uh, player coach for the Celtics, announcer, front office guy for a long time as well. If that's all you know about Bill Russell, you don't know Bill Russell. And I, I urge you, implore you to go back and look, go look at the stuff that Bill Russell stood for, the things he did and what he meant beyond the basketball court. Um, and just an amazing, amazing individual, 88 years old. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the all-time greats, he, um, he wasn't a great offensive player, but he didn't need to be. Defense was his calling on the court. But please go back and research and look at what Bill Russell, look at his words, look at his actions, look at his wisdom. 88 years old, though, Bill Russell passed away. Certainly one of the greats both on and off the court. Um, Zion Williamson's contract. We talked a lot about Kyler Murray's contract in recent days with the, uh, the clauses. There's been a lot of news about that with the clause about him having to have four hours of independent study every week, which no longer is in the contract. Zion Williamson's got an interesting contract in his. Now, he's only played 85 games in his first three seasons with the New Orleans Pelicans. And he's got this uh, five-year extension that starts, uh, I believe, next season. But it's, um, it's it could be worth up to $231 million, and it's guaranteed at $193. So $193 million is a guarantee for him. And he showed up last year at camp, and he didn't play at all last year. When he showed up, they said he was over 300 pounds. Weight's been an issue. You wonder if weight's been a big reason why he's had the problems he's had with injuries in the NBA. And they have a clause in the contract now that is not just a body weight clause. Sometimes you see it more with offensive linemen and stuff like that in the NFL. But Zion's clause, and if it's not met, um, he could lose some of his guaranteed money. And the clause is that uh, his weight and body fat percentage must stay below 295. So I think he's at like 285 is what he usually plays. That's what he lists, I think, is 285 in their program. So um, 285 and 10% body fat, they're 9.9% body fat. will keep him under that threshold. And uh, so we'll see with that. That's an interesting one for Zion Williamson. Look, fantastic talent. I hope he stays on the court. But when you're a guy that big and you, you jump as much like power as his game, it's not like he's got this finesse outside game. He's a, he's not just a pounder inside with like, you know, post moves. This guy's a dunker. This guy is a high flyer. This guy is powerful. And with as much power as he uses, um, that weight thing's going to be an issue because you've got to land all those times too. And so we'll see how it plays out. Look, again, I hope he does well, but uh, it, it's the fact that if a weight clause in there, I understand why the team is doing it to protect themselves. Um, but that's always a red flag. Just like when it happened with, 
Um, uh, you know, with the, the Kyler Murray thing, we talked about, well, if you, if you trust this guy this much to give him, you know, the 231 million, 230, whatever it was going to be for, uh, whatever it is for Kyler Murray, 160 guaranteed. If you trust him that much, then why do you have to put the clause in there? Same thing as Zion. Like, if you trust the guy, if you really believe, hey, this guy is going to be the, the cornerstone of our franchise, he will represent this franchise the right way, why do you have to have the weight clause in it? Why can't you just have the trust in him that he will stay under that, stay healthy and stay where he needs to be in order to, um, you know, in order to, to make it the best for the team and give him his best possible scenario as far as his performance goes. Um, always a, a bit of a red flag for me on something like that, but we'll see what happens to Zion Williamson. One more uh, bit of news here. The Division One Council in the, at, um, with the NCAA, NCAA Division One Council with Athletics, they had approved, uh, they had uh, submitted for approval. They were okay signing off on a rule in place that would allow unlimited transfers in college sports. You could transfer as many times as you want to, as long as you're working towards a degree. You could play for five schools in five years if you wanted to. And they uh, suggested that to the Division I Board of Directors and said, hey, let's pass this. Well, now a vote's coming tomorrow, Wednesday, August 3rd. And uh, although it looks like at first the Board of Directors would pass this uh, law and make it so that you can transfer unlimited versus the one free transfer right now. It looks like now the Division I Board of Directors is going to, um, is going to, uh, is not going to go with that, is not going to uh, approve that. We'll see what happens with that. And, um, and we'll see what happens with the one time free transfer, if that even stays in place or not. So um, I, I don't think that'll get changed. I think the one time free transfer is here to stay. But with all the changes right now going on in college athletics, with you know, NIL deals and conference realignments, all these different things. The CFP is going to get renegotiated here soon. With all those things going on, it makes sense for the board of directors to, to kind of tap the brakes on this one. Even though the council endorsed it, um, the board of directors has the final say, and it looks like they're going to say, you know what, we can't do this right now, and that makes perfect sense. There's so many things we have to figure out with NILs and transfers right now. And again, the conference thing, the NCAAs, even their, their powers, in, uh, in ruling college sports, especially college football. College football is going to have their own thing, I would think, at some point, separate from the NCAA. But um, it, it's time for a quick pause here and just kind of look and see where the NIL thing's going, how those rules are going to come into effect, how they're going to enforce the rules with NIL, and um, and how this is all this college football, college sports are going to how they're going to live for the next couple of years. So we'll see what happens with that. But, hey, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Jeff Fitoff Show. This is uh, uh, on the DSPmediaonline.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Fit Happens, and we will talk again soon. Always a lot to talk about in the world of sports.